Now, it's Health and Wellbeing with naturopath Peter Mullen. Welcome back to NURFM 103.7 and Peter Mullen, you're back for another week today, mate, this week tackling fermented foods. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. And yeah, so as a naturopath, you know, you know, we we are very gut focused and um, one way to really encourage great gut health is to include fermented foods in your diet. So today in the next part, we actually have a very special guest, Jane from Whole Food Family, will be talking to us about um, fermenting, um, about what she does. And also, we might get her um, view or ideas on how to make kombucha. Fermented foods, how long? They seem to have garnished a bit of popularity in the last couple of years, but they've been around for a while. Yeah, that's look, it's so true. It's like the whole, um, um, uh, it, all the information about gut health, like it's just going through the roof at the moment, which is fantastic. People are really reconnecting with how important gut health is. This means you're fashionable. <laughs> wouldn't know, wouldn't know it from that show, uh, but yeah, apparently you are. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> lucky, lucky, we're a radio show and not a um, video show. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so how long have fermented foods been, I guess, used for? Really, for centuries. You know, mm. cultured and fermented foods have been an important part of the human diet in many cultures for centuries. Um, and it was originally a natural way of preserving food for many months at a time. You know, when foods are fermented, the growth of good bacteria is encouraged, preventing the growth of bad bacteria. But unfortunately, due to, you know, urbanisation, change of lifestyle, shifting from traditional food habits, um, and with the advent of things like commercial fast foods and pasteurisation, so with the idea of, you know, boiling stuff to kill any bacteria, you know, with Louis Pasteur and milk, mm. um, we lost this concept that bacteria in our food might actually be beneficial for us. It's kind of throwing out the, the good with the bad, potentially. Yeah, yeah. very much so. So we, we all, for a long time there, we all thought bacteria of any description were the enemy. And um, even, you know, your models, modern pickles and sauerkraut, you know, that you might buy in the supermarket, are made with vinegar instead of the traditional method of what's called lacto-fermentation using salt. So you would say that one, you've got a preference, I'm imagining, one over the other? Uh, for sure. Like, okay. so the foods you're buying in the supermarket mm. that are, where they've used um, vinegar to pickle, you don't have the bacterial content that we uh, want. That's the loss. That's the, that's the, the big message. Yeah, the vinegar's yeah. doing the fermenting. And while there may be some culture involved with that, mm. um, even bread, you know, they've gone away from the traditional sourdough and cultures that they just keep reactivating or keep growing and taking a bit from mm. and making their bread. Now are all, you know, commercial, sterile like yeast and things like that. So so is this to try and make the food last longer or, or uh, is it I think, just, a, just quicker? I think it's quicker and food can be prepared much more quickly. Like if you're making sauerkraut, you might have to leave it on the shelf for six to eight weeks before you can... Don't like Before sauerkraut. it's ready. Don't you're like not a sauerkraut no. fan? No. no. Well, I think... No. I think um, you know, the way, way we use fermented foods, say like sauerkraut, is if, and we've got a special guest, as I was saying in the next part, we'll talk to Jane from Whole Food Family and we might get her ideas on, on how to make sauerkraut and we'll talk a bit about kombucha as well. But um, the way you use your sauerkraut, once you've made it, you can put it, once it's cultured and you keep tasting it to make sure it's um, right, ready to eat, you know, mm -hmm. that it's still a bit crunchy but, you know, it's getting that nice pickled fermented sort of taste and then you have a small handful of that every time you have a main meal so when you're eating it with meat it just helps to produce digestive enzymes to digest the food better so and that was traditionally what it was used for was 
to be included with meat dishes to help with the digestion. You mentioned the pasteurisation as well, and we, we obviously think of all your milk and dairy products primarily there. What was the method before that became popular? Pasteurisation, it was mm. fermentation. Yeah, okay. So yeah. How, how, do we do, how, how did it actually work? Well, the, the, like making sauerkraut's a good example. So to make sauerkraut, and I'm hoping I'm not stealing Jane's thunder, which she might talk about kombucha and kefir. To make sauerkraut, you buy cabbage. Mm. Now, cabbage naturally, and you ideally buy an organic cabbage, but a cabbage naturally has what are called, it's, it's what's called a wild ferment in some respects. Cabbage comes with its own bacteria. Now, a lot of these are lactobacillus-based bacteria. There's a whole host of different bacteria you'd imagine if you've just picked a cabbage out of your garden. And then what you do is you chop the cabbage up and you mix salt with it, and then you sort of massage the cabbage and the salt. It's very therapeutic. Have you ever seen it done before? No, I'm not sure oh, that I want it's, to. It's amazing. So you, you, get, you get this whole kilo cabbage, mm. your whole kilo cabbage, you massage it with your fingers and salt. And what happens, the salt it reacts with the cabbage and it starts to break it down until it actually becomes like wet. This amazing amount of water comes out of it. Mm. And it sort of you slosh it all down and you, you sort of get it all down to a, you know, to, to it's ready to put into a jar. And then basically... One, and if you pick it up and squeeze it, you'll squeeze out all of this water. <clears throat> so the salt pulls the water out um, and you've got all the natural bacteria already in the cabbage. And then you just take the cabbage and put it into a special glass jar or glass jar. You push it down as you're putting it in there so that it's packed in nice and tight. And you actually get, because so much water's come out of it, water will rise up above the cabbage. So you put something on it just to keep the cabbage below the water level and then you just seal the top. And then you sit it on your shelf for, you know, two weeks to four weeks to seven weeks to however long you want until you get the right amount of taste with it. Once you've got the right amount of taste, and you've got to keep testing it and making sure that the cabbage is all below the water. Now, the other thing, so that's a wild ferment. So that's using just bacteria already on the cabbage. And the amazing thing is... A very sensual process too. Uh, very sensual. <laughs> well, if you're into massaging cabbages, it's a very sensual process. With salt? Okay. <laughs> it's different. But, um, so, yeah, so that's amazing, isn't it? So, And the good bacteria naturally on the cabbage stop any bad bacteria from growing. So it's quite amazing. The other thing you can do to sort of speed the process up is you can get a good probiotic... And um, I'm a bit of a fan of this because I think you can influence the culture even more. You can get a good probiotic and once you've sort of macerated or, or massaged the, the cabbage to within an inch of its life, then you can add the probiotic and that helps to even further encourage um, some really helpful, more, even more helpful bacteria. Good afternoon, Jane. Hey, Peter, how are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. Now, Jane, you're the director from uh, Whole Food Family. Um, can you tell us a bit about what, what you actually do? So we're an um, artisan fermented food company, so we make all sorts of bubbly, fermenty drinks and foods. Okay. And um, what? how did you get in, like, that's, it's a bit out there, like, to set up a company <laughs> that makes fermented foods. How did you actually get into fermenting? Um, so about 10 years ago, my son had a topsy-turvy um, gut microbiome picture, yes. and we had to correct that, so we had to learn all about fermented foods and gut health and what's needed to have a, a good gastrointestinal system and fell head over heels in love with fermented foods. And, yeah, one thing led to another and this beautiful business just organically grew. Fantastic. And do you, just with your son, what do you think, was there anything in particular that really seemed to make a big difference with his gut health, any of the foods that you're currently making now? 
Well, fermented foods just in general um, have so many amazing nutrients that have the ability to get into the system without his body needing to break it down. So it kind of bypassed his um, like immature um, gastrointestinal system. So things like sauerkraut, like what you were speaking about, has really high like vitamin C and magnesium and probiotics. So it just enabled him to get the nutrients without his body having to work so hard to get them. That's a fantastic point, isn't it? Because that traditionally is how... Um, fermented foods have been used as an addition to a, a normal healthy diet to help with the breakdown of um, proteins. And Jane, this almost sounds like you are, you're getting the body to work smarter, not harder. Yeah, exactly. Small doses and really high um, nutrient density is yeah, exactly it. And with the um, the addition of the fermented foods as well, obviously they're high in um, wild and, and good quality um, probiotics or bacteria. Um, so you're also, I guess, improving um, or you're working on improving your son's microbiome. So you're going to be, you know, getting a much better result there as well as the digestion of food. Exactly. Yeah. Putting back into those beautiful like seeds in the garden, as they say, just putting the right plants in rather than letting... Um overtake what was there before so you just didn't have a really good picture with choosing what went in the garden rather than letting kind of the the nature take its course which wasn't exactly the right setup for him at the time yeah fantastic and and as as i think a lot of our listeners know as well like our digestive system or 60 to 70 percent of our digestive system is based around the gut so gut health really affects you know pretty much every other system in the body from a health point of view absolutely yeah for sure now tell me um you're you're coming to do a demo at our, one of our talks next week. Um, yes, I am. You're going to be showing everybody how to make kombucha. Can you just yeah. explain, just to the listeners, hey, Mark, have you had kombucha before? Look, I've I've tried it once, and <laughs> I, I, I didn't stick to it. So, wh- 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 why didn't I like it, Jane? <laughs> so, <laughs> kombucha is really acidic, so it's a fermented tea. It comes back thousands and thousands of years. I've got a really long history throughout, you know, China and Asia and now throughout the world. So it's quite acidic. It's not what we're used to in Western culture. We don't have so many sour, acidic foods in our in our diet naturally, so it can be quite confronting. But uh, kombucha is a fermented tea, essentially. So you're using bacteria and yeast um, both together, and it makes this bubbly, fizzy kind of sweet tea that um, has been known to have great digestive enzymes in it, um, helps with the digestion of the foods that are in your body and the foods that you're eating. Um, and just helps with detoxification of your liver as well. So it's a great um, drink for those who can uh, who can cope with a sour. I just reckon I found a flavour I didn't like. I'll <laughs> give it another go. There's several flavours. Yeah, well, there's so many different brands and so many different people make it slightly differently like any food out there. You know, um, I suppose Australian Christmas cakes might be the way. You know, people fight over recipes is what's better. Kombucha is the same. You've just got to find one that you like. Well, Jane, what about if um, if you give me a sample of yours when we make it next week and I'll bring it along <laughs> and give it to Mark and we can do a live tasting demo on the radio. Yeah, Perfect, yeah. that sounds I'll, great. I might have to take a photo of his face. Just blindfold. <laughs> no yeah, blindfold. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, actually, Dana makes a really awesome kombucha as well. So I think you might have just had a bad one, Mark. I think right? I did. I, yeah. It was a store-bought <laughs> one out of the shop. Maybe it wasn't a good one. Jane from Whole Foods joining uh, Peter's discussion all about fermented foods now jane just a quick question before you before peter jumps back into it with you for, for anybody that's not really hasn't had a lot of some fermented foods would there be a, a good place to jump in like something to dip your toe in the water in you reckon i guess it depends on your palate so there's the sweeter things which are fruit based like your kombucha or your water kefir and then you can move into the more vegetable based ferments like the chikovas or sauerkraut or um kimchi or pickles Pickles are really easy to put 
through other foods. You can use a small bit in the cheese platter or into a sandwich or puree into dips. They're often a really easy way to introduce it. Uh, water kefir we often introduce to children because, again, it can be mixed into their foods. Um, so it does depend on your palate and what you feel like playing with, but I'd suggest like a teaspoon at a time into other foods as a starting point, and then as you start to develop a bit of a flavour and a, and a taste for it, then you... Um, yeah, you, I guess you want one. Actually, my son, who was, this is, I have three boys. My youngest one first started drinking something called beetroot gavas. It's like a, a pink fermented beetroot drink. And he drank it and his face went like all screwed up, like when you eat a lemon, you know, that sour face. Yeah. And he went, ah. And, he, and then the next day he came back, he goes, Mom, can I have some more of that yucky pink drink? There and you so go. then every day he would ask for the yucky pink drink. So he liked it, like his body wanted it before his mouth recognised and I reckon we're all pretty similar we're not quite used to it yet but give it time you'll be fine just find something that that works with your taste and go from there slowly slowly Peter not a a bad idea no fantastic idea and a great idea with um, um, babies and little ones that you want to try and start to include um, some probiotics into their diet as well as to mix it with food Jane so so what's your what's your um, favourite fermented food um, what do you take? What do you have regularly <laughs> yourself, or do you sort of cycle through them all? We do cycle through it all. So beetroot kvass is like a daily thing for us. That's something we have. That's a fermented beetroot tonic, as I was telling you about. Um, sauerkraut and kimchi are often on our tables. My children will choose kimchi for breakfast. That's a fermented um, cabbage, more from the Korean region, has chili and garlic and ginger in it. They love that next to scrambled eggs. And yeah, that's then a great, great, great idea. Yeah, they like it next to things creamy. And then pickles and sauerkraut will be more dinner time um, for us. But not every day. You know, there'll be days we don't have it, but it's there on offer um, all the time. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I guess as a family, you can sort of, if you've got them there, you can sort of cycle through that and, you know, try give a give something a run for a while, then chop, chop onto something else. And that way you're yeah, getting exactly. a nice blend of probiotics. We give probiotics. the kids control too, like let them choose if they're involved in the choice process and they're more likely to eat it as well. We find if we tell them to go eat sauerkraut, often they like to um, object because they want to be able to choose. So giving yeah. them the control of saying, which one do you want? Do you want kimchi or sauerkraut tonight? Then they go, oh, great, I get to choose. And then they're more likely to, to eat things. Yeah, that's a life hack for parenting full stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you make them feel like, either that or fiasco, but I don't know, make them feel like they've got some control or power in the situation. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think you've just given a, a bit of secret advice away there, not just for um, children, but maybe husbands as well, Mark. Yeah, I, th- I think that, <laughs> there's a lot of that going on. I think on. We're, we're well managed. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jane, just to finish up with just uh, some uh, fast five questions, just to tell us a bit more about you. Yeah, sure. So what is your favourite exercise? Um, currently, it's deadlift. Favourite vegetable? Um, kale. Favourite splurge? coffee favorite health supplement magnesium oh fantastic and one thing you can't live without mm, family oh beautiful beautiful well done on the fast five and we'll give and you five out of five you've got the, all questions <laughs> answered correctly and no, no time delay that was amazing and um just to finish up with what's your number one health tip um water and sleep would be my number one beautiful Beautiful. That's kind of two, but they're very, very, very I know, important. I know, sorry. <laughs> Let's do a glass of water before an early to be- early bedtime. How about that? Yeah, there we go. Well, the two can go hand in hand. Jane, thank you so much for coming on today. You've been a, a, a load of information about all things fermenting and um, looking forward to seeing you next week. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, our pleasure. And Mark? Yeah? 
Any other questions? No, I don't. Jane? Jade from Whole Foods, thank you so much for that. You have a great day, and I'm sure, uh, Peter, we'll catch up with you down the road. Thanks very much. Bye. Thanks, right. Jane. That's it also for health and wellbeing. Peter, you've had an easy one today. You, you, you had to, only had to share a quarter of the load. Jane did most of the work for you. Well, we might try and do that a bit more often, Mark. What do you reckon? <laughs> Maybe next month we'll see who you can come in or be on the phone with you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.